If at any point it sounds like my heart is beating in my chest, it probably is. Uh, so it would seem three months preparing for one homily uh, is a great blessing, but also a great curse. Because three months of hours upon hours of meditating upon the ascension, in class, seeing everything is about the ascension, and then recognizing that you guys don't want to spend three hours hearing all of it. But two things have really stood out of all this, you know, meditating and thinking on this. Uh, one, the ascension kind of seems to be the forgotten mystery. And then two, is that the ascension is not yet over. So, so first, it's a forgotten mystery. We pray it every time we pray the glorious mysteries, um, and we celebrate it once a year here at this solemnity. But we don't seem to do it up as big as it really is, at least from what I've been sitting with. You know, for Christmas, we have Advent. We have a whole season preparing for little baby coming. We have Lent. Like, we, we, we work real hard in Lent to prepare for his death. We got 50 days in Easter. We pray novenas for Pentecost, for the outpouring of a, a new outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And the, the ascension's kind of just, you know, it's in there. You know, we haven't forgotten about it. But it kind of just gets lumped, you know, with Pentecost. Jesus ascended because he said he wanted to send the Spirit. So that's kind of why. Like the ascension was for the sake of his Pentecost, for the sending of the Spirit, which it was, right? He was able to send forth. But there's a, a much deeper, I think, mystery the Lord wants us to sit with so that we can truly grow in a greater communion with him. All right, we celebrate his incarnation and the glory of that, right? Him coming to dwell with us, right? And that is, that's such a gift, right? God has descended from heaven. But the ascension really is the fullness. It's the most fitting end of the incarnation because God came to dwell with us in his incarnation. But in the ascension, God has brought humanity into the bosom of the Father. He has brought the human heart into the deepest depths of the limitless trinity. So no longer does he simply dwell among us, but now humanity dwells within the trinity. And that is the outpouring of the gift of Pentecost is that he's also coming to dwell in our hearts. But this is where the ascension is not yet done. Christ in his own humanity, yes, he's ascended. He is there. Uh, we'll see him again in a second coming, um, maybe sooner, hopefully, for some of us. But there's more he wants. Just like the eight homilies Father Josh told me I could preach last night, there's, there was more every time I tried going to bed. There's more. The, the ascension is ongoing, right? So Pentecost, we can kind of think of as, as a second incarnation in each one of us, right? God wants to be incarnate. But if the first incarnation found its fitting in, in the ascension into heaven, so too should our incarnation be focused on what, what is kind of titled the, the ongoing ascension. Because in John 12, Jesus says, when, this, when I am lifted up from heaven, I will draw all things to myself. Right? So he's continually drawing us to himself. Right? So if, if I am being drawn up to the Lord, and I'm tethered to all of you, because we're all members of the body of Christ, then in my own ascension, in my own growth and holiness, um, I'm dragging you with me. You're, you don't have a choice. Like We're all one body. So as we heard in the colic, where the head is gone, 
before in glory, like we hope to go there as well. But it's not a hope that we look to in the distant future. It's a hope right now. A hope that is desperately needed. I mean, we know the darkness in our culture. Uh, three mass shootings in a month and a little time. It's very dark coming out of COVID. How do we live again? All the suffering. But the darkness is not new in the church. And throughout the history of the church, there have been darkness in culture, darkness within the church. But God has raised up saints. He has allowed them to ascend to a level to remind the church the whole purpose of it all, that he will save, right? I, I love the example of Catherine of Siena. There was a plague going on in her time. She's a young woman, right? The Pope is living in France. There's multiple popes. There's chaos in the church. There's chaos in the world. But she didn't, she didn't complain about it all day and tell all her friends on how terrible the Pope was uh, or how crazy it is. She didn't hide in her home, right? She prayed first. She developed an intimate, extremely intimate relationship with the Lord, knowing him personally. Then she went out and she served the dying, risking her own life. This, they had no cure. Half the population was dying. And she went out serving the poor first. Then this young woman who died at 33 went to the Pope personally and told him to go home. Go back to Rome where you belong. Right, so not only was she growing in holiness, but her ongoing ascension went all the way to the Pope and he listened to her. This little woman, like a little Mother Teresa, he listened to her. He went back home. He was terrified, right? But her witness and her example of holiness drew him on. And so when we look out in the culture, it's extremely easy to complain, to get lost in fear, right? Like it's, it's terrifying right now. Do I send my kids to school? Do I even come to church? Do I go to the grocery store? Like, will we die today? But knowing that it's all for the sake of heaven, not just for my own personal good in heaven, right? Jesus says that you will be my witnesses. And in the first ring, he says, witnesses to the whole earth. So your growth in holiness, though your desire is to get to heaven, is not to go alone. In your ongoing ascension, we want to draw as many of us with, right, with us. I didn't get ordained yesterday for myself. I would like to think that sometimes, but my ordination was for the sake of you. When I get ordained a priest next year, it'll be for the sake of offering the sacraments for all of you guys, not for myself, right? I could be in mortal sin and potentially be going to hell, but still give you the grace, God willing, that's not going to be the case, right? Because you're all praying for me. But it's for you, right? And so we have to live that mentality, right? First, intimate relationship with the Lord. And if we have that, then we can be sure of our salvation because we're growing in relationship with him. We return to him in the sacraments, frequent confession. But then we, we go out. We don't hide away in our homes, in our small communities. We go out and we serve the poor. As you've heard Father Josh and Father Andrew preach about so often. And we hope and pray that even 10 years of doing this, at least one person we draw with us. We bring them with us, right? So that not only will the humanity of Jesus be in heaven, but the second coming, myself and all those that I love will come with me 
right, that we'll, we'll be there. Even those we hate or feel like we hate or we struggle with, some who make us feel like I ain't gonna have any purgatory time because I know them. Like we want them, we want them with us. And that has to be our desire. So first we pray intimately, right, even through suffering. And then we go out and serve. And we pray that the witness that we give to the Lord will draw others with us. And that one day they will be with us in eternity, 